This is Learn It From An 80s Song. I am your coach, Patricia Freiberg. This is I Love the 80s meets the healing of storytelling and the positive impact of music. Inspiring guests share their powerful stories, yielding incredible strengths. Through both story and music, this podcast will elevate your mood, providing you with a positive outlook. It will ignite recall so that you can tap into your own life experiences. We don't just hear the knowledge and wisdom gained from our podcast guests. Through powerful story, we can live it. Today, we have a very special guest. Please welcome back Wasim the Dream Hajiri. He is the definition of relentless. Defying the odds, he journeyed from Jordan with an engineering degree to graduate with an MBA from the prestigious Rady School of Management at UCSD. After graduation, Wasim was relentless about pursuing his dream job at Qualcomm. The journey was not easy, but he finally met victory after going through 55 recruiters, 20 receptionists, 25 different job interviews. Wasim's determination also manifests through his hobbies and passions. After eschewing fast food and embracing the joy of broccoli, he whittled his body fat down to a minuscule 5% to win three gold medals and a world-class ranking in fitness. He is also a boxer competing in the U.S. Wasim is an executive uh, career coach who helps professionals land their dream jobs in record time with great salaries. He is also a two-time number one best-selling author with numerous TV, radio, and magazine appearances, including Forbes, Fox, CBS, ABC, and iHeartRadio. Wasim is uh, part of the Forbes Career Coaches Council and publishes articles covering career, health, and personal development. Welcome back, Wasim. It is so great to have you here. Thank you for being with us again for part two. Absolutely. Hi, Patricia. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited about part two. Yes. You know, as we were talking, I was said, hey, do you want to come back next week and talk to us about all of your you know, wellness journey and all of your medals that you've won in fitness? And I was just so curious to talk about that with you. You have bring so much to the table between your uh, books and your coaching practice and having people fulfill their dreams. And I know with that comes physicality. And I'm looking forward to taking a deep dive into that today. Thank you so much. I appreciate the kind words. And yeah, I mean, I would love to share some, some parts, hopefully to inspire other people, you know, to go after whatever journey they're going after, whether it's in fit fitness or business or sports, and hopefully to get some inspiration. Absolutely. That's fantastic. So this is the part of the show where we have the big reveal as to what song from the 1980s are we going to be talking about today? So without further ado, can I get a drum roll, please? Wasim, what is the song that best resonates with the story you're going to tell us today. So it's going to be Eye of the Tiger with the Survivor. And yes. that is the big one. So full disclosure, guys, I mean, I'm even breaking a little bit of a sweat because I was having my own personal jam out <laughs> song a couple yeah. times listening to it because it's just <laughs> such an amazing song choice. And this is from 1982. And it was from the film Rocky Three. Now, here is some interesting fun facts, which you know I love to bring in from Wikipedia. Did you know that the song for Rocky Three, they were trying to get permission from Queen to make it Another One Bites the Dust? And And Queen, you know, did not give permission. And so they had to... Uh, develop a new song. So Survivor 
came up with the song. Now, here's what's so cool is that this is such a great message. You know those times in your life where you don't get a job or you don't get something that you were an opportunity that you were looking forward to. Sometimes those are the best things that could happen to us because that means something else is out there. And I felt like, wow, this hit, this one, I mean, this one topped charts for 15 weeks in 1982. So it was um, just behind, so uh, Physical by Olivia Newton-John was number one in topping the charts for 1982. And behind that was uh, Eye of the Tiger. Uh, This Eye of the Tiger, uh, which came out actually May 31st, which is my birthday, incidentally, Oh, it came out on your birthday. <laughs> wow. Sure did. That's amazing. <laughs> Crazy. And, um, I was born a little bit before <laughs> 1982, but it was on my birthday in 1982. And I remember wow. when the song, I remember when the song came out. So it was number one for six weeks. And this is actually the band's uh, only hit to top the charts. But I mean, it's even today. So I was looking at the stats. So in, in February of 2015, the song, they estimated that the song had 4.1 million digital downloads uh, in the United States alone by wow. February of, of 2015. And then they had sold in 1982. I mean, this thing, this is absolutely platinum record, sold 2 million vinyl copies. I mean, that is a lot of vinyl, folks. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. So, uh, and then all these like, years later, yeah, over 30 years, for almost 40 years, it's yeah, still kicking. It's wow. still going. It's still going. And uh, it did win a Grammy for best rock performance by uh, a duo or group with a uh, vocal. So, it, I mean, this song well, it is today still such an inspiring song. And now I can't wait to hear the story that you're going to bring in that resonates with the, with the song. So tell us your story. Okay, so how the, this song came about. So my father and I always used to watch boxing since, since uh, a long time, since I was, I was a young kid. And he really liked uh, Ali. And then, you know, the 80s is when Tyson came about. Yeah. So... Even Rocky. It started in the Rocky movies, honestly. But that song, I'll never forget it. You know how inspiring it is. And then as I grew up a little bit, I started, you start to see it even in other boxing movies. It's always like the classic where they go, where the guy is about to give up and everything, you know, all of the doors are shut and there's no hope. And then somehow, you know, that guy, uh, he breaks through. And starts to get back on his feet, you know, and then they play that song when he's training and getting back in shape, getting back on track. It's very always the message behind it is, you know, when you get knocked down, how to pick yourself back up and keep moving forward. That's why I really resonate. And my dad even liked, you know, that song. So that's where that's where it comes from, basically. Yes. And if you uh, listeners, if you um, didn't catch part one, you'll get to hear about how important uh, Wasim's father was in his legacy and in his business today. So, um, you know, go go back after this episode and listen to part one if, if you didn't get a chance to because it was really inspiring. So tell us also, like, you know, have you had times in your life where you you know, I know, you know, please share with our audience all, you know, all of the medals that you've gotten, gold medals for fitness. Um, you're also, uh, you also are a boxer. So can you tell us a little bit about your personal triumph and how that song resonates with your personal triumphs? That's actually, yeah, that's, that's, that song is also great for that story. So uh, I've been doing, I've been into training, fitness, weightlifting, uh, and I loved bodybuilding, you know, since the Arnold Schwarzenegger days. That's, a, that's another story. That's what got me into starting to doing fitness competitions and weightlifting and all of these different things. And back in 2015 is when I started to join my first big competition. Um, I trained all my life for it. 
I went into the competition and there was 13 people there. So everyone is like on the stage, you know, posing and giving the, their best. I'm like, yes, I got this. This is easy. We come back at night for the scores and they start announcing. And 13th place goes to Wasim Hajiri. I got last place in my in that competition. And I had to stand there and wait for the 12 other guys to get their placings. It was completely embarrassing. Um, and that's where the eye of the tiger comes in. You know, at that time, I felt, I, I felt like a failure. And all the doors shut. I mean, this is, I, I start thinking, this is not for me. I should just quit. I should just stop training all of these times. And then even Patricia, even at that time, before my first competition, a few weeks before my father passed away, actually, that same time. Mm. So I know here the, the, the audience who, you know, you'll resonate. Sometimes so many things hit you, you know, it's like yes. some kind of things don't work out. You lose a loved one. So that was the, the toughest time of my life. And I, something that helped me was physical training. So I would go to the gym and guess what? I would play that song, Eye of the Tiger, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I would listen to that song and it would always pump me up to train. But at that time, I gave it a meaning as I need to get back up slowly and win it for, for my father, you know, just dedicate it to my father. And, you know, when you have a strong reason, to for whatever you're doing it's much easier to get back up and slowly you know it's like it's if it's for your father or your mother or someone you love like i'm gonna do this for them and no matter what it is slowly but surely you know i got back on track listening to eye of the tiger listening to motivational tapes started joining different competitions and then finally um i went to the team usa nationals and that was, was finally when I got my first win there, my first medal. Um, and then that made me qualify to the Natural Olympia, which is almost like the Olympics of fitness, a big, big event. That's where I won. Uh, that's where I won my other two medals. And then slowly after that, I went to the world championships. So that was my journey. And it was a very rough start. You know, it started with a lot of failures and I had to do many, many competitions just to qualify to the nationals and then slowly, you know, learn the game and learn from the failures and, you know, get slowly get back up, basically. Yes. Well, first off, congratulations to you. Thank you. you. And, Thank you so um, much. It's your city on the other side of all of that hard work that went into these competitions and, you know, that feeling of defeat, you know, I mean, both yeah. emotionally and, um, you know, physically, because uh, it is demanding both uh, mentally and physically, those type of competitions. Um, yes. As, as I understand, I, I have been in the fitness industry, but I never did fitness competitions. But uh, I certainly know just from colleagues about how demanding that is. So good for you. And thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. And you know what? You bring up such a great point, which was you had that turning point in that moment where you had so much emotion and um, connection to what you were doing. So yes. you were doing this to honor your father. You know, you yes. were, that was what got you to the gym and that's what pushed you to number one. And it was just that finding your why, your purpose behind the competition just beyond winning, right? Yes. It, it was beyond that. It was about honoring your father and showing your dad, look, look, I, I did this dad and how amazing that is to have that emotional connection to that. Absolutely. I mean, thank you. And it's honestly, this applies to anything, literally anything. You know, if you want to start a business, why are you doing it? Or if you want to write a book, what is the purpose behind it? It really has to be powerful. And then even when that's nailed down, you know, the journey is, is filled with ups and downs, failures, doubts, you know, creeps in, you name it. But when you have, first of all, the why and, the, you know, you have a solid vision for it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to keep you going. How about you, like Patricia? Do you have an, a story like that where you had a powerful purpose and then it kept you going? What, what story do you have? Gosh, um, and if uh, several of the episodes I do share personal stories, but one that stuck out to me um, is uh, when I was in the fitness industry, I 
uh, was recording a DVD. So I had been put up for many fitness DVDs. So, you know, but I was always the, I was always at that last point where I get that call, you know, Patricia, you know, we really love your work, but you know, you, you know, this isn't right for you. And then I finally got the call from like the biggest DVD company in the world. And, um, yes. And, uh, I then it was an abs DVD. Uh, so I then had to tell them I was five months pregnant. So I didn't get that job. So I didn't get that job, but it lit a fire under me. Cause like, I finally, I finally got it right. I finally got it. And you know, someone reached out, they wanted me and to star (laughs) in it. And then it was, it was that moment where I was like, man, you know, I mean, of course I was so excited. I was pregnant and I couldn't wait to welcome my son. But, uh, you know, with that, I, it really lit a fire under me and I knew right then and there, I was going to produce my own DVD and it was going to be a prenatal. And I wanted women, no matter their shape or size to feel confident in their bodies. And wow. so that's where belly, beautiful workout came up. And uh, Leslie, who we both know, and hello, Leslie, uh, helped me uh, launch my product, Belly Beautiful Volume 1, 2, 3, and then two other DVDs that I have. So um, from that time, that that door closing, many, many more opened, right? And it just took a whole lot of work uh, to get there. But um, I'm really happy with uh, and they're all award-winning DVDs. So uh, wow, anyway, that's yeah, amazing. So, yeah, and, and it was great. It was a great. Congratulations! Experience. Yeah, you. and you see the purpose behind it. That's also powerful. You know, you wanted to help other moms who are going through that journey. That is beautiful, and yeah. you made it empowering. Yes. Whereas, you know, a lot of people, a lot of uh, a lot of ladies might get discouraged. You know, with the, with the pregnancy because it's already challenging. Oh my God, I can't even. I, you know, I admire all of you, like how you guys go through that. It's just, it is extremely challenging, you know, the hormones and all of that. And then, but to work out physically so that you mentally feel better. That's so powerful. Congratulations. I love that. Yeah. And that was the message was really, I wanted women no matter their shape or size. And I filmed it when I was in my last trimester. So I was very large and pregnant and, um, you know, very, you know, I was fit. But I was in my last trimester. You're carrying right? a, this, a baby. Yes, You're carrying is, a, a human. And, yeah. a big one. and it was a big yeah. one. So he, he ended up being nine pounds, six ounces. So it was a, he wow. was a big baby. That's yeah. amazing. So, uh, yeah. So that's how that came. And I really was passionate about it. And I did the same thing with postnatal. I recorded when I was actually postnatal um, so that women would feel comfortable that, yeah, I'm not back to my fighting shape yet. And it's going to take a, It's going to be a journey. But I would I put myself out there to show that this is what postnatal looks like, you know. Wow, so, that's you know? amazing. So, um, and um, anyway, so I thank you for asking me about that. I absolutely uh, I appreciate that. But yes, yeah, so that's such a great point that you bring up because it is it is all of those times in our lives that when we're knocked down and we come back with a vengeance, right? Just like in Rocky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Coming back stronger. Oh, it's so good. You know, and you, and sometimes, I mean, those are as hard as those times are. As I look back at it, you know, at, 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 and other times in my life as well, I look back at it with, with just being proud that I was able to get through that tough time and I was able to push myself um, further. And you just get that feeling of self efficacy. You know, you feel proud of yourself. Absolutely. And, you know, you develop thick skin. And in this world, you know, in anything you do, you need that thick skin. Yeah. Because, you know, those those punches are going to come. You need to dodge them. (laughs) You need to take some punches and keep moving. And then I love what you said is when one door closes, there's always another door that is better waiting to open. And sometimes, you know, like you said, we get really bummed. Oh, my God, this didn't work out. But yeah. it didn't work out for a reason. There's something better, but it's that's a matter of keep, you know, moving forward and keep never stopping. Forward. That's the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'd be really curious. I want to ask you, and then I want to dive into strengths a little bit, but I wanted to ask you about those moments when you feel 
you know, challenge to just keep moving forward? Do you have a mantra that helps move you forward? Uh, that's a great question. So it definitely starts with a daily routine, daily, okay. the, every single day. And in the morning, the first, mm-hmm. you know, the first hour upon uh, waking up. Um, so back in the days too, I used, I did a lot of research and I saw, you know, top athletes, top business people, what do they do? How do they prime themselves? You know, how are they in that state? And they all have a morning routine and it consists of three things, uh, meditation, so that's mental exercise, journaling, journaling, and then fitness, right? Exercise, some type of physical, physical exercise. So my routine is very, very simple. So I wake up, I start with a meditation. Don't do anything else as I'm laying in my bed. Literally, I play the meditation, you know, because mm. when you wake up, your mind is going to start. You're like, I'm tired. I'm not feeling well. Or maybe, you know, you're yes. not too excited. It happens. It really happens. Yes. So it's a matter of overriding all of that right away and then playing the meditation to calm your mind. And also, you know, we get on average 60,000 thoughts a day. That is a lot. (laughs) 60,000. And then 80% of them are useless. Like, oh, look at that chair. You know, look at that bird. Look at that. And then some of them are doubt. Some of them are stress, anxiety, whatever it is. So the meditation helps override all of the negative thoughts coming in throughout the day. So you start the days. What I do is breathing. And now I'm getting into the tapping, you know, the EMT, the tapping meditation. Yeah. I do that for 10 to 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then I grab my journal. I write down, what am I grateful for? What are three things I love about myself? You know, a little bit of self-love. And then my main goals for the day, what would I like to accomplish? What are my ideas? And if I have negative thoughts, I also jot them down. It's, it, it's uh, like it's relaxing because it's uh, instead of it being in your mind, it's on paper. And then finally, I hit the gym right away. Start the day with weights or cardio. You know, I have different days that I train different things, but it's always right away in the morning. And then I start my work day right after that. So right after the daily routine, but it's yeah. a non-negotiable. It's like, right. it's on my calendar. It's just like you a work thing. About it. Yeah. Not, not non-negotiable. It. Yeah. Yeah. And then what is, what is your, uh, you also have a morning, you definitely have a morning routine, right? I do have a morning routine and for parents out there, uh, moms and, you know, <clears throat> in particular, okay, you know, in the morning, normally my routine is starts with the kids, you know, because, yeah. uh, I, you know, I, I get up, I take a moment, you know, to breathe. Uh, I do a breath work in the morning, uh, then just to, you know, and then from there I go and make sure the kids are all taken care of. They go off to school. That's when I get my time. So, mm. and, you know what I mean? So I, I do do a little reset in the morning. I always have my cup of coffee. If you know me, I, you know, I have my coffee. <laughs> That like before the kids can even talk to me, does mom have her, her coffee cup? (laughs) (laughs) That's important. Yes, it is. And so, uh, yeah, so it's usually some breath work, uh, coffee, and then I get the kids off to school, make sure they're taken care of. And then I sit down and I also do uh, a gratitude. Uh, and I love that you bring in self-affirmation because I think that that came up two episodes ago with uh, Zachary Faulkner Barfield. And um, he brought up, he has an affirmation practice in the morning as well. And now this is the second time I've heard it. And I'm thinking, I'm going to add that to my routine. Have been trying to figure out when to work out. And it is a non-negotiable in my day. Uh, But what I do find are the days that I schedule it, it takes up less of my brain thinking when I'm going to work out and, you know, and what I'm going to do. So I think having, for me, having a plan of what Mm. I'm doing, you know, each day and really mapping out that time. And even though I can't always do it in the morning, um, I'll usually, I'll do a lunchtime is usually, you know, I'll, I'll go for a lunchtime workout. But I think you bring up such a great point and that is, is the non-negotiable. It's like, this is the plan. It's in my calendar. If it's in my calendar, it's happening. If it's not written yes. down, there could be a lot of reasons why something doesn't get done because it's not written down, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And then, you know, um, for also for the listeners, so if you don't have time, let's say to go to the gym, 
in the morning, even if you do 10 minutes of some kind of exercise, it can be yoga, can be stretching just to, you know, get the blood pumping, the blood flowing. Um, they also did a lot of research about it. You know, that 10 minutes, it helps so much mentally more than anything. We deal with the yes. stress throughout the day. So if you can do push-ups, sit-ups, squats, um, yeah. some kind of yoga practice on YouTube, you know, five, 10 minutes in the morning, part of the routine. And then if you have time to go to the gym, great. But if not, I would do that, you know, just a small little routine, 10 minutes yes. at home, just to, you know, move your body a little bit. You, you'll notice how, how great you feel just mm -hmm. moving that body. And then, then you can get to work get start your day strong, you know? Yes. Love it. That's great. So what audience will add that into our action, our action item for this week? I'm adding an affirmation. I'm going to write down three things to my morning routine, three affirmations. And then, um, and then I love it. And then doing anything for 10 minutes, even if it's going out for a walk, um, taking in the sights, being in nature for a few minutes, even if it's just walking to your mailbox and back or walking your, for me, I'd be walking my son to uh, the bus stop and back. So uh, that's it. You know, at least, yeah, some movement, five, mm -hmm. 10 minutes walking around. Maybe you have a dog, walk the dog mm -hmm. a little bit, get some fresh air, come back, yes. anything, yes. any type of movement. That's perfect. Love it. Love it. Thank you for that. Thank you for sharing your, um, Absolutely. your routine with us. So let's talk about uh, the strengths. So team, yeah. we talk about um, the VIA strengths assessments and uh, the VIA strengths assessment uh, can be taken online and it's completely free. And it has, I believe, I believe it's 40 different languages. Uh, I could have that wrong. Um, but um, so many, this is done in many languages and you can take this online. It's completely free. It'll give you your 24 character strengths your signature strengths, which are your top strengths, are really who you are to your core. They'll come out into a ranking order. And at the bottom, uh, we do not see those as weaknesses. The bottom strengths are not weaknesses. They are still strengths that you have. We call them our lesser strengths or ones that we don't use as often um, or don't have as readily available. And so I know, you know, we had talked about Wasim's strengths last week. And we're going to dive into those a little bit again this week. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about, I'm hearing perseverance, I'm hearing self-regulation, which is managing your vices. So his discipline in the morning about his morning routine is self-regulation. Now, I want to just say something about self-regulation because um, something that I've studied quite a bit, self-regulation for many people is in their lesser strengths. Now, here's the cool part. Self-regulation can be developed. So we can work that muscle, but like with all other muscles in our body, we can fatigue it. So we have to be careful, you know, kind of where we choose to use that self-regulation and how we use it and giving it a break sometimes. And so it's good to have a routine for those I'm speaking to those that have it in their lesser strengths, looking at, at where you can use it and where it's most important to use. And if that oftentimes that falls under diet and exercise, also accomplishing goals and, and that type of thing. Something else to consider with self-regulation is the concept of a towing strengths. Towing strengths is when you take one of your signature strengths and you tow uh, your lesser strength, which I have self-regulation in my lesser strengths. So I usually use, you know, love of learning or curiosity or one of my signature strengths, uh, social intelligence to tow the lesser strengths. So anyway, so just be aware of that. I want to bring that up because Wasim is lucky enough to have self-regulation in his top strengths. So Wasim, tell us how you use your strengths. Self-regulation. I love that. Um, so here's the thing. There's always going to be the feeling of resistance to do things. Uh, I even, you know, I recently I was on a trip and I was, uh, I sat down with this amazing guy. He's a master mixed martial artist and, you know, mentally how he's like a monk. He has a monk mindset. He's been developing it for 
over 25 years. And he even told me till this day, he still feels the resistance to do things, right? So self-regulation, it's a matter of you still feel that resistance, but you force yourself to do it. I know that sounds, it's a little intense. So let's say the daily habits. Till this day, I've been doing it for years. I wake up and my mind is sometimes, oh, don't do that. That is silly. I'm tired. I'll do it later, et cetera. It hits you like a train, but it's a matter of feeling that, but sitting down, forcing yourself to do it. And it does get easier, like you said, over time, but it's a matter of repetition and consistency every day. And your mind starts to relax more and more, but the resistance will always be there. It's unfortunate, but you know, because just like Tony Robbins explained it, like uh, the mind is not built for uncomfort. It's built for comfort, right? So Mm -hmm. you go back thousands of years ago, it was all about survival. They would go out like hunting. So the, the, the brain or the mind is like, how can I, if there's any danger, so, you know, go away, go away. Like you have to, you're, you know, you feel that danger. So you run away from it. Nowadays, it's different. We have technology, we have social media. So anything that is uncomfortable for us, putting ourselves out there, whatever it is, the mind is going to try to shield us, right? Like, oh no, don't do that. Don't do this. Mm -hmm. It's kind of different times. So it's a matter of sitting down, feeling that resistance anyway, and doing it. Yes. Love it. And like you had said, it does get Easy, you'll still get the resistance, but it does get easier over time because it's a non-negotiable. So your exactly. mind will kind of like, uh, you know, tell you, well, wouldn't you rather be sleeping for 10 more minutes? No, you know, get up, do it. <laughs> and then you, you do feel that sense of pride after you do it too. You do get that, like when you do do it, you feel, for me, I feel like accomplished already. And, and I feel like that's where the morning routine is really important because before you even get to work, you've already accomplished, like you already feel productive. Absolutely. And then when you win that battle between you and your mind, especially in the morning, you literally win the day. Yeah. That's, that's the growth right there. As much as it feels, you know, everyone thinks what, you know, maybe I'm lazy or it's natural for me to procrastinate and they about the resistance there. Everyone wonders, why am I feeling the resistance? Everyone feels it. Totally. Every single human being on earth, they feel that resistance. It's okay. Mm -hmm. But it's a matter of listening to it. You're you're like, okay, you're telling me I'm not going to do this, but I'm going to do it anyways. So that when, when you go off in your day and then things come, you're going to be like, I know what to do. You know, I I already beat my own self in the morning. I'm going to beat myself again. I'm going to push through this problem or whatever it is. Yes. Love it. Love it. Great. Great. So with, with all of your fitness competitions and those moments in time when you triumphed after some challenging times, what would be the one strength that you think about like, wow, yeah, I really use this strength during that time? I think... Like even my friends will tell you this. The biggest one for me is persistence. Yeah. So I literally, I never stop. You know, I keep going and going and going and going as much as, you know, it's really tiring. But for me is it's, I have to be persistent. If I, I know if I keep moving forward, this is going to work out, you know? And then you listen to the stories of all of these people. Let's, um, what's his name? Steve Harvey, as an example. Yeah. He was saying how rough it was, his, his journey going into comedy. At one time, he was almost homeless. People would reject him, but something in him tell him to keep going. He's like, no, don't stop. You know, just keep going. It's going to work out. Keep going. It's going to work out. And then boom, slowly but surely, you know, that door cracked open and he started to get that success. But it took time. So I truly believe persistence, you need it in anything, writing yes. a book, doing a losing weight, you know, losing anything you need to do. It's a matter of don't stop. Just keep pushing. Don't give up. Don't give up. Yeah. That's perseverance and that persistence. And that is amazing. And I can hear that in your story loud and clear. And it sounds like your dad, you and your dad shared that perseverance together. Yeah, yeah, he he absolutely, you know, my dad, I'll just give you his short story. So, he was born right in the middle between World War 1 and World War 2. 
and in the in the 20s in the 1920s long long time ago so growing up for them at that time it was a different world you know there's mm-hmm. technology was very very limited so they had to work at a very young age so my dad at the age of what 8 10 years old started to work helping my grandfather so they learned you know the discipline and the persistence very early on Mm-hmm. And that carried throughout all of his adult life. You know, when he grew, he, st- he came from very humble beginnings, almost came from nothing, built his life, you know, step by step. But he was also very, very persistent. So yes. when I started to mature and I understood his story, I'm like, wow. So I was always inspired by that yes. aspect, how this guy never stopped. And he's, you know, he went through world wars and civil wars and you name it, you know, like that very challenging times, uh, very different than what we have right yes. now, you know? Yeah. Yes. And he didn't have that song yet. He did not. Yeah. He didn't have that yet. <laughs> Nothing, you know, like imagining that what the thirties, they, they didn't yeah. even have, they barely yeah. had radio, right? You right. had that big <laughs> yeah. radio and you know, the uh, TV was black and white. It was crazy I, times. I, I, know if there was TV in 30s. I don't even we know. Have yeah, the TV. Research. We'll have to do some research on that. Yeah. I know the 80s really well. But guys, yeah. you get back too far. I, I don't but know. even us, you know, the 80s and 90s, we even grew yeah. up without cell phones. We didn't oh, even have cell phones. It's not that oh, long ago, you know? No, no, no. It's so true. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, such a good story. Thank you for sharing that. Now, Thank you. Um, I love it. I... I yeah, I know you, your family is all from Jordan, correct? Yes. Yeah. So um, when did you come over to the U.S. and what was that like for you? That's actually a, a crazy, crazy story. And I talk about it in my first book. I didn't even have a plan to move to the U.S. Back in 2013, this is, again, goes back to my father. I graduated, finished my engineering degree. I did electrical engineering in Jordan, grew up there all my life. And then I went to New York for a couple of weeks, a short vacation. A few days before I was about to go back, my dad, he calls me. He's like, Wasim, so what do you want to do with your life? We had that, you know, father-son talk. At the end of it, he's like, I don't want you to come back home. If you come back home, you're going to get comfortable. Mm. If you stay in the U.S. right now, you know, fortunately, I was fortunate that both of my parents, they worked on their citizenship a long time ago. And then I got it, you know, they worked with, uh, for, uh, for me and my, my siblings to get it. We were very fortunate. So I made that shift the right there. I canceled my way back home. No plans whatsoever. My bag had 20, 25 pounds of just vacation clothes. And then I moved to San Diego, just like wow. that. No yeah. plans, nothing, no job. Wow. Um, I started my journey here. Fortunately, I had one of my brothers. He lived here. I stayed with him for a little bit to figure it out. And my parents were both supportive. My dad was like, go find a job. You know, you do your master's. You'll figure it out. You have a lot of opportunities. And that's how my journey started. So it was a roller coaster ride. So I moved out, moved out here, uh, starting fresh, you know, no friends. Like, oh, first of all, that's the, the biggest challenge, making oh, yeah. friends. Yes. And in Jordan, you know, the biggest culture shock uh, for me was, First of all, it's a very small country, so it's very community based. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows everyone, you know, mm-hmm. it's a six million people. That's pretty much it. Um, so here, you know, it's more everyone is more individualistic. The more, you know, everyone is doing their thing. And I'm like, wow, I was struggling without the community aspect. Yes, but slowly yes. but surely, you know, you adapt and you learn. OK, so how do I make friends now? And then how do I get a job? How? And then we even call the resume CV there. It's a different story. We have a CV and then you come here, it's called a resume. And you know, right. you're in Europe right now. It's, yeah. it's different. Yeah, it's, it's like, oh, give so me your different. CV. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. So definitely there was a big culture shock moving in. Yeah. If, if, wow. that, if that makes sense. Yes, it really does. And, and it's so interesting that you bring up the community aspect because you know, for me, uh, moving here to Switzerland, and I'm in the German-speaking uh, part, the Swiss-German side of Switzerland and Luzern, and I feel like that for me was the hardest part was you know finding a community. And thankfully, I have um, my family with me, and also the school provides you know um, some 
getting to know people and they have a great community. But wow. uh, you, know, there, you definitely feel a sense of loneliness when you first are a- adapting and, and getting, you know, when the kids went off to school and my husband went off to work, it was like, oh my goodness, you know, like I need to go find some friends, you know? Yes. <laughs> So, I mean, it was, it was, I had to truly in, I joke with people about this because, you know, I went to every happy hour there was, you know, they call, yeah. them, they call them aperos, but you know, there were times that I was just exhausted. Like I, you know, I, I, you know, making small talk or trying to find those connections with people. It's, it's tiresome, you know, it takes effort. And then, but luckily, you know, I'm, I'm now nine months in and I have such an incredible group of, uh, of friends here. And, um, you know, so it's, but it, you know, it took effort, took time and, and, um, acclimating is, you know, it's, it's hard. So, I mean, so amazing. I have such respect. I, you know, growing up in the U S this is the first time I've ever lived abroad. And, um, I will say I am forever changed and I have more understanding and, um, empathy, uh, for those that immigrate to our country. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, I have such a different perspective on this, um, and and I'm happily changed. You know, in, in that way. Yeah, because you lived it yourself, and um, it's definitely. But when you when you get the mojo, then it gets easier. But initially, mm-hmm. again, you know, uh, going back to where the doubt and the fear creeps in, I had so many doubts. I thought about packing my bags and leaving so many times. So many times, you know, the first year I was homesick, uh, missing my family, my friends, everything that that comfort of just being in a country where, you know, everyone, you know, the system, you know, you have your home, you're I know you grew up all your life, you know, and you you understand exactly, you know, you came here, you were already, you know, you had your own family, but still you're like, I was all my life in the US, you know, you have all of your friends. And then you have to go to another place completely, a foreign country, right? Uh, different, different every language, language, different, different everything, you know, different it, everything. I can't, you are so right on. This is really resonating because the act, it's the activation energy. So anything that you, let's say I need to um, get something from the, from depost. Yeah. You know, um, for our post, that's our, you know, mail here. It's like just the steps of reading the German, translating it, then like it's an extra step because it's not a system I'm used to. I went to the DMV today, the equivalent mm-hmm. of the DMV, and <laughs> yeah. you know, I had a lot of steps I had to do. I had to go get an eye test. I had to go do, you know, all these different things and get my photo taken and bring the photos with me. And it's a very different system than, than what we in the US. But I will say it was the best experience I've ever had at a DMV. (laughs) I mean, it is Switzerland. It's so organized. I came in, I got my number and there was a language barrier. He didn't speak much English and my German is subpar. I take German every week, but it's, I'm not there yet. I have to take a test in September, but I got time. But, you know, so anyway, I, I thought it was just that really he was so friendly everybody got a ticket. Everybody was in line. It was, it was like clockwork. It was smooth. It was, wow. wow. If we could just in the U S take a page from Switzerland's book on how to be a DMV, that would be amazing. And then I heard also, isn't Switzerland, uh, one of the happiest places, like the happiest people in the world, right? So Finland is number one. Yeah, Finland's number one, but Switzerland's up there. Uh, I can't wow. remember if it was four um, of highest of the quality of life. And, wow. um, you know, for instance, everything shuts down here on Sundays. And partly it's religious, you know, because um, a lot of uh, people here are Roman Catholic. Um, yeah. But also it's just everything closes on Sundays. It's a break. Everyone takes a break. And everyone is with their families. And they're wow. all together. You know, the Swiss, the Swiss will go up to the mountains. I would stand up paddleboarding on Sunday and, you know, I would see all the families out, you know, picnicking together and just very, everyone is enjoying the beauty around and everyone is outside together, you know? So it was, I have to say, you know, I, I, I'm learning, learning a lot and, uh, and while moving to another country is very challenging and I was certainly, there are moments in time when, you know, I remember having a meltdown, you know, just like, why can't things just be easy? 
you know, like yes. you know, just go to the grocery store trying to see if something has gluten in it or not. And, you know, like can't read the German. Like I just wanted something to be easy for a day, you know? And, yes. Uh, so, and I'm sure you had those moments and that's when I, the tiger can go right in there. <laughs> <and> <laughs> yep, exactly. But also look at Patricia, how amazing you are and what you're doing. You're learning the language. Yeah. And they also respect that a lot when you're even just trying to speak German to them. You know, they're like, wow, she's here. She's learning. I know all cultures, you know, you go to any culture in the world, you try to speak their language as much as broken it is. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But they're like, I like you, you know, thank you for right. learning my language. There's so yes. much respect there. So yes. hats off to you for doing that. And German, it's not the easiest language to learn. No, so it's it very challenging. Even yeah, I think top five of the hardest, hardest to learn languages. is, yeah, is that right? so, yeah. Well, um, all of my ans- a lot of my ancestors are from Germany, so I'm I keep you know wow. looking up to my ancestors. It's like, guys, <laughs> can you throw me a bone Help here? Me. It's got <laughs> yeah. to be in my DNA somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> well, I love talking to you, and you know, thank uh, you so much, and uh, thank you for our action item. So, look at your morning routine, guys. And, you know, see where you could commit to a a solid morning routine that it's a non-negotiable. So we got some really wise words from uh, Wasim today. And uh, so now's the part. And from Patricia, (laughs) from both of us. Thank Thank you you so much. Thank you for always sharing. And, you know, just so you know, I'm going to point a strength out. That's humility. So you hear how Wasim is, you know, he cares about other people and he will put attention on others and he's humble and he's modest. That is um, in his top strengths and, and you can hear it come out throughout the episode. So that is a beautiful strength to have. And uh, so thank you. And thank you uh, so much. I really appreciate it. And you have the, you have it, by the way. Absolutely. Kindness, empathy, humility, you know, your voice is so, uh, you know, your, your, your kindness, your heart is like right away. I can feel it. So thank you for just being yourself and being so kind and sweet. Thank you so much. Thank you. So this is the part of the show where we get to talk about, you know, just any other 80s trends. Now, if you didn't get to hear our rapid fire last week, uh, guys, go back to last week's episode, listen. And uh, but let's talk about just, you know, maybe some 80s products. Well, so uh, Wasim is a young is a young, a young man. Um, of the 90s, uh, 90s but, yeah. but he, he is aware of some of the 80s uh, trends. And uh, so I was just curious, you know, what stands out in your mind of like uh, 80s products not, uh, and then in your case, uh, late 80s, early 90s products? We talked about also you and I, Patricia. So a, a couple of ones that stand out. So there's the Coca-Cola, the Coca-Cola oh, yeah. commercials, Have a uh, the Kinder. Smiles. The Kinder, the Kinder, Kinder egg. eggs. Yep, and McDonald's. Those are, you know, yes. those uh, the ads for those. But how how much you used to see them? Billboards, you know, everywhere. They were all over the place. Yes, and it was always a treat for us to go to McDonald's as a kid. I will say uh, we didn't get yeah. there very often, uh, but it had like a boat inside of our McDonald's, and then oh, I was like, oh my god, if we got to sit in the boat, it was like a good day. And we had the Fry Guys and Ronald McDonald. And I can remember the jingle, which is Big Mac, filet of fish quarter pounder, French fries, icy Coke, thick shake, sundaes, and apple pies. It's a good <laughs> time for the great taste of McDonald's. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. You, you know it word for word. That's amazing. I do. I Yes. And uh, the other thing I was going to say, Kinder Eggs. So you, uh, growing up in Jordan, got to experience Kinder Eggs and, and you're yes. here, Kinder Eggs. Um, so I was joking because like when 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 oh, Wasim and I were just talking about this early on, he said, oh, do you remember Kinder Eggs? I'm like, well, actually, we have Kinder Eggs in our cabinet because my boys love Kinder Eggs. Wow. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> yes. So they are still very, uh, there. Well, we're bringing them back. If they're out, we're bringing them back. <laughs> yeah. All these years, it's crazy, you know, since the eighties, nineties, they're still popular because it's like, it's so delicious and the joy of opening it and having that little toy inside, yes. you know, or whatever it is that the anticipation yes. of, Oh, what's inside the egg. They were 
brilliant in doing that for us, especially brilliant. when we were kids. Yeah. And by so the smart. way, you can get Smurfs inside of them now. <laughs> wow. Even better. <laughs> even better. You know, they up, up they the, the game of what's what's inside the eggs. Wow. Yes. And Smurfs were very much the 80s. But uh, so they still are living in the 80s in the Kinder Eggs. So, well, you know, honestly, I could bring you on for like every episode. Um, honestly, <laughs> like you want to keep coming back. Part part three. Absolutely. Part, four, part five. <laughs> yeah, I, I would. That would be a pleasure. I'd be an well, honor to come back. I love chatting with you. Absolutely. Yeah. So great. Well, I want to say thank you again for being on the show and love all you're doing in the show notes, guys. You will see uh, the two books that you're going to be able to purchase um, that are both bestsellers. Yes. Fulfilled. uh, How to uh, fulfilled. Yeah. Question mark. So are you fulfilled? Basically how to land a job that aligns with your purpose. Absolutely. And, um, and you know, Wasim also has, uh, coaching around this and does seminars. So, uh, definitely, uh, look him up and uh and work with him because uh, or at least get his book <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much yes so thanks so much and until next time thank you thank you everyone thank you patricia for having me it's a pleasure thank you so so much thank you thank you so much for listening we want to hear from you first of all tell us how these totally rad stories have inspired you If you have a story with an 80s song inspiration, we want to hear it. You think this podcast is like totally tubular? Well, we would love your review. Stay connected with us on Podopolo and download the app today. Visit me at www.patriciafreiberg.com. Thank you, and we look forward to a double boost of inspiration next Motivational Music Monday.